Hello, my name is Gideon, and this is the Under 10 Bible Thoughts Podcast. Who is God? This question has plagued mankind from the very beginning, so I don't expect to come even close to fully answering this question in an Under 10 Bible Podcast. And even if I had all the time in the world to talk about it, I don't think I could really do this question justice. I think anyone who has spent time reading the Bible understands that our God is just really too complicated for us to completely comprehend. I could be wrong, but I think this is a big part of why so many people refuse to believe in God at all. Because it can be hard to believe in something you don't fully understand. We see it all the time in the world around us. People mistrust things they don't understand, and so they come up with other explanations. We have something we don't fully understand, so we create theories to help fill in those gaps. And before you know it, you have the Big Bang Theory being widely accepted as fact, something that even our greatest minds today will admit they cannot fully understand. But often, it is easier to believe a theory that you know we've created on our own than it is to believe the truth that we don't really understand. That being said, we're going to take a few minutes to think about our God a little more, and hopefully understand just a little more clearer who our God is. The first verse I want to look at is Hosea 11 verse 9. Hosea 11 verse 9 says, I will not carry out my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again. For I am God and not man. The Holy One in your midst, I will not come in wrath. This may seem a bit obvious to point out, but I want to start by stating that our Creator is God and not a man. This is crucial in explaining why we cannot fully understand our God. While we obviously share many similar qualities to God, and were created in his image, and share many of the same emotions as him, he is not like us. He is not man. He is God. He has qualities that we have never actually experienced, which makes it very hard for us to comprehend him. Think about traveling through a wormhole. Scientists have all kinds of theories about what it would be like to travel through a wormhole. But because we've never actually been able to do it or anything close to it, we don't really know what it's like because it's outside of our experiences. It is the same way with our God. He has so many qualities that we have just never experienced that it's hard for us to really even comprehend them. Perhaps the biggest example of this is God's immortality. It's hard for us to understand something that has always been, something that was never created and will never end. Even the Big Bang Theory has a beginning, and they hypothesize that our universe is going to come to an end someday. But 1 Timothy 6 verse 16 tells us that God alone possesses immortality. This means that there's no other being in heaven or on earth who possessed immortality from the beginning. Immortality is God's, and he gives it to those who seek him. I love using Genesis 1 verse 1 to illustrate this point. The whole Bible starts with just four words. In the beginning... God. Before there was even a beginning, there was God. God came before everything that we have recorded in the Bible. Paul also says in 1 Timothy 6 verse 16 that God dwells in unapproachable light. Think about the time when Solomon's temple was finished and the glory of God filled it, when no one could enter into that temple. There is something about the character of God which humans cannot approach. There is a contrast between our mortality and and God's glory that just cannot coexist. As a result of this, Paul says that there is no one who has seen God, and it's impossible for us to see him because of the separation that exists between us. This distance between us and God is symbolized 
in the separation between heaven and earth. Matthew 6 verse 9 tells us that our Father dwells in heaven, and just as the ends of this universe are unreachable by mankind, so it's impossible for us to be where God is. And yet, despite that great distance between us and God that we cannot overcome, Psalm 139 tells us that God can cross that distance, and that our God is still near to us. He has searched us and known us. He knows when we sit down and when we get up. He knows our thoughts, and he understands us, even from far away. He's acquainted with all of our ways, even before we speak, God knows. Even in the remotest parts of the sea, God can guide us. He has searched us, and he knows our hearts. Despite our inability to know God, we can take comfort in knowing that our God knows us intimately. Psalm 68 verses 5 to 6 tells us that he's a father to the fatherless, a judge for the widows, and he makes a home for the lonely, and he leads the prisoners into prosperity. 2 Corinthians 1 verses 3 to 4 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we will be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. No matter what we're going through, we know that God will always be there to comfort us. And we can have confidence in that. Hebrews 6 verse 18 tells us that God cannot lie. And so when he tells us he will be there for us, we can have confidence in that. More confidence than we can have in any person. Remember, God is not man. Man can let us down. Man can forget. Man can lie. Our God cannot. Malachi 3 verse 6 tells us that God cannot change. He's constant. And this sentiment, this idea, is repeated over and over again in the Bible. Deuteronomy 6 verses 4 to 5 tells us clearly that our God is one. Again, he's singular, constant, without variation. 1 Corinthians 8 verse 6 tells us again that there is only one God, the Father, and there is one Lord, Jesus Christ, his Son. 1 Timothy 2 verse 5 again repeats this, saying that there is only one, and that his Son, Jesus, is the mediator between God and man, that being the man, Jesus Christ. And while God is not a man that he should change, his Son was a man like us. He learned obedience. And through that obedience, he revealed to us the character of his wonderful father. Malachi 2 verse 10 again repeats this message that there is only one God. But he ties it into this idea of him being our father as well, saying that we have one father and that it is the same God who created us all. 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See how great a love the father has given to us, that we should be called the sons of God. And in fact, we are. Being able to call God our Father is an incredible blessing. It is incredible that a being as great and wonderful as God is, is mindful of us and has shown us his great love. And that love was revealed to us in the sacrifice of Christ, as Paul points out in Romans 5. This is the character of God that was revealed to us by Christ. That singular, constant character of God is his love. 1 John 8 verse 9 says, The one who does not love does not know God, because God is love. By this the love of God was revealed to us, that he sent his only Son into the world, so that we may live through him. 
This message is repeated over in 1 John 4, verse 16. If you want to know who God is, seek to understand his love for us. For more on this, check out the episode on the fruit of the Spirit. Some additional food for thought to think about. While God's character may be summarized simply as love, the love of God is a very complex emotion. Just as white light can seem like a singular constant color, but is actually made up of a complete collection of all the colors, likewise, the love of God is made up of a variety of different characteristics. Look at passages like Exodus 33 and 34, Romans 11, 1 Corinthians 13, and Galatians 5, and try to understand some of the more detailed characteristics of God. In closing, there will be a day when that gap between God and man is done away with, when our God, who dwells in light unapproachable, will come and dwell with us. In that day, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, death will be overcome, we will be made into something new, made like Christ is now, and all things will be made subject to Christ who in turn will turn all things over to God, who will be all and in all. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed today's thoughts. As always, if you have a thought that you'd like to share, feel free to send me a write-up or a recording at talentsforchristfoundation at gmail.com.